Well, hey there, busy friend. It's your girl, Steph, here. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for being here. Thank you for taking a couple moments, breaking away from the craziness of your day, just for us to be able to lean in and spend these next couple moments encouraging one another. I know it's not always easy, especially now where we feel like we're having to juggle and do all the things. There's there's a different kind of rhythm of rush and there's a lot of different things, maybe people tugging at your attention today. But I just want you to know that I'm glad you're here. So whether you're listening, driving in the car, you're at home doing laundry, or maybe you are that fellow mom that right now is hiding in the bathroom, hoping your kids don't find you. Over these next couple moments together, I just want to give you the space to be uplifted, encouraged, um, maybe to have some of that noise that's surrounding you right now, just get silence for a little bit and to give you space to breathe. So you ready? Let's dive into this week's episode of Between the Busy. Let's talk about our wellness. I love this quote from George Bernard Shaw that says, those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. See, mindset truly is everything, isn't it? Building my fit club around this idea this month was so important to me, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Yes, from the outside, it looks like all nutrition and workouts, but see, those are just steps to a much greater journey, a stronger, happier, more mindful you. So for the next 30 days, I'm taking my usual workout, accountability, and nutrition plans up to the next level by offering daily mindset tips and assignments to stretch you and help you grow into the best, brightest, shiniest version of yourself, the person that I know you can be. It's never too late, and I'm ready to coach you along every step of your journey. If you knew you couldn't fail, what's one thing that you would like to be true about you? See, busy friend, once you believe it, I know you can achieve it. To get started, go to staffcram.com, click the link to join my virtual fit club. Let's get started and we'll walk through this together. What's up, busy friend? Happy March. As you just heard, we are focusing this entire month centered around mindset. I know as a busy friend, this can be really, really challenging because we're just so, we're so focused on trying to do all the things and keep everything in order and checking the boxes off our to-do list. But this is really, really important because I firmly believe that we are stepping into not only a new season moving from winter to spring, but we are stepping into something new. And so all this month we are dedicating on just helping you to make over your mindset. Of course, as you just heard in our virtual fit crew, we're focusing on on health and wellness and fitness and nutrition, but we're also going to talk about other things. And that's going to be the center of our focus here on this podcast this month. First up, we're going to talk about our homes. So as we all know, since probably around this time last year, early 2020, most of us have been looking to control something in a world that seemed completely out of our control. And it should come as no surprise to you that at the beginning of the pandemic, many people started getting really, really excited about organizing their homes. I know Big Cram and I did a couple DIY projects. We had neighbors that completely renovated certain parts of their home. And and these efforts, probably without realizing it, they they actually helped to fill two different purposes. Number one, getting our homes, which now became the space that we would now spend most of our time organized. And then being able to obtain or attain some sort of control that we feel like we lost earlier in the year, like right? Like being able to put our hands on something and create something new when we felt like we we couldn't do that in other areas of our life. So having this connection to our home is really, really important. 
the problem is that for some of our homes, we have a lot of clutter and we have a lot of disorganization. And whether we realize it or not, that can lead to anxiety and inactivity, even at the most minute levels. And so today's episode, we're just going to connect. We're going to share some tips and actually tackle how to create harmony at home. And, and first, let's talk about what this definition of harmony is. If you are musically inclined, you, you could probably teach us a couple things about harmony, but this is basically like agreement coming into accord. And, and it's this consistent, orderly, very, very pleasing arrangement of different parts. There's this congruity to it, right? So you think about music. This is any simultaneous combination of tones. It's, it's the coming together, the blending of different chords that makes things really, really like easy to the ear. And, and But there's structure and it's distinguished from other types of rhythms. Friend, we talk about this all the time here on the podcast, how we feel like we're living in this constant rhythm of rush. And maybe your harmony or lack thereof has been the sound of traffic as you're driving on your way to the office or the sound of your kids screaming in the background like that doesn't really sound pleasing on the ear but but what if when we talk about harmony it's blending of all of those different pieces together where there is purpose there is order and and notice in that definition i said it's an arrangement of different parts it's not chaos there is there's a there's very much intention to how the structure is coming together. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So I have a couple tips and, and hear me on this. I can only speak from a standpoint of, listen, I, I've got, I've been sick and tired of staring at the same walls in my house and needing to get out and just wanting to do something different. But, but here's the struggle that we as busy friends can, can all agree on. Sometimes harmony has more to do with who is living within our home and the relationships and just the the crazy for lack of better words like there's no other word to explain it so how do we create harmony within the crazy and chaotic well i'm going to share with you a couple examples and as i'm sharing these with you like these are literally things that are making space on my calendar because i've realized that outside of social media or outside of having conversations with friends, if I really, really look at my home with, with a humble, open and transparent perspective, there's a lot of room for improvement that we could make. And I'm not just talking about the DIY projects. I'm talking about the people, the relationships and the, the pleasing arrangement of parts, <laughs> the things that we hear, the tones, the conversation, the structure, these are all things that my home could use a little DIYing, just as, as probably much yours is too. So as I'm sharing these things with you, know that I don't have it all figured out. My house most days feels just as much of a disorganized, clutterful, hot mess. Um, but we're all on this journey together. It's all about being able to learn from one another. And I believe that we should teach everything that we know. So without further ado, let's dive into some of these tips. Number one, spend time together at home. And I would even encourage you, take a digital sabbatical, take an emotional break. Here's something that I can speak from, from my own personal experience. Separation of any kind can kill relationships. 
especially if you are too busy to put your spouse, your partner, your family first. And listen, as someone who runs two very successful virtual online businesses where it's easy for me to be plugged in all the time, I can tell you, I didn't always do a good job of this. And so when when you're at home, take a digital and even an emotional break from anything that may distract you and focus on simply being present connecting with your spouse, connecting with your partner, and especially your kids. Some of the ways that that we do that here in the cram household is, and I, if I'm being honest with you, I need to do a better job of getting back to this. If my husband listens to this, he'll be the first one to call me out and go, babe, you haven't done that very well in a while. So as I'm telling you, I'm also like reinforcing this to myself, set alarms or just flat out turn your phone on airplane mode, turn the Wi-Fi off, put it in a cabinet from a certain time period every day. When I used to work in the corporate world, when I would come home, the moment I stepped into our house from our garage, my phone went off, all alerts went off, so I wasn't hearing dings and like twitching in the corner of the kitchen somewhere, but I would put it in our cabinet and I would not get it until after I put my kids to bed because that was family time. You could also do a variety of activities, play board games. Like you can even go old school with some like Monopoly or Twister if you're feeling adventurous. Cook a meal together and just talk. Maybe pick a food theme night. Like, you know, we're, we're all about the Italian food or, you know, Taco Tuesdays. Do something like that that is always predictable. So it's one less thing off your plate that you've got to stress about um, and do it together. It's coming up into the season where, you know, spring and summer's going to be around the corner. Maybe you do a gardening project together outside. You know, a, a few gardening project suggestions, maybe pick some flowers. Um, we just went this past weekend and Jeremy and my youngest Brody went and picked out some vegetables and fruit seeds. And we kind of have them sitting in some pods on our countertop. Another idea, go on an old fashioned picnic at the park. And, and maybe have each person pick two items to bring with them and make it be a surprise. You could do puzzles together, um, divide those corners and, and or center images, complete it together, play a card game. For, for all of my listeners who are in Ohio, all my busy friends in Ohio, you might be surprised to know that while I have lived here for, gosh, 15 plus years, I just learned like two months ago how to play Euchre. I, I know, I and I was so bad at it, but but learn how to play a card game, whether whether it is euchre. And if you're like Steph, what what are you talking about? Connect with a, with a friend who lives in Ohio. Apparently, it's only an Ohio thing. Or maybe like play Crazy Eights or Go Fish. Um, you could do the Cram Fam. We always have dance parties. Play a freeze dance to music. Our we usually let our youngest Brody control the start and the stop of the music, only because Emma would she'd be crazy with it. Um, you could watch old family movies together if people still have family movies. If not, maybe bring that back or, or plan your next adventure together. Figure out where you may want to go on vacation or just a staycation, but just plan and have fun. Here's, here's the bottom line. Even if you have to travel for work, make time for your spouse, your partner, even your kids by just getting creative when you're away whether you send them daily text messages, tell them what you love about them. I know I can do a better job of doing this, especially with Big Cram, but, but why you love a specific characteristic that they have. And then set up a calendar request. Like I said, if you travel for work and this makes it difficult to do the things in person, set up a calendar request to do a FaceTime with each other and just connect while talking about your day. 
And this is where I'm going to challenge you, busy friend, because I know how like it's really hard for us to stay present in the moment because our minds wander. Be present in the moment. Only focus on them and stay connected in a way where you can nurture and then grow your most important relationships, the ones that are right inside your home. All right. This kind of leads to another tip. Maybe you pick a monthly family outing or have go on date nights again. You know, Jeremy and I used to, we never were good at this. Number one, because we don't really have family um, that lives close enough to like just take the kids for an evening. So our date nights were usually family date nights anyway. Um, but, but this could make for a really great time to sync up on the family calendar. Put these fun events in on everyone's calendar. That way it's more likely to happen without canceling or having other activities get in the way. So, you know, take the kids out, go roller skating, go, if you live close to museums, go, go museum searching, go to a beach or to a lake, take them to a zoo, go to a local theater, or just go out on a family hike. Couples, listen, like this is important too. Like don't stop dating each other just because the honeymoon phase is over. Take a dance class together. I think I still am sitting on like a Groupon, Big Cram got me a couple years ago for my birthday. It's probably not even good now, but like to go salsa dancing. It, it sounded fun. We just, we haven't actually done it. We probably need to take a walk together. If you've got dogs, take them out with you. Go on a drive. Just get in the car and go drive. Go, go scenic searching. Um, meet up for coffee or for drinks. Maybe sign up and do a family 5k together right? The possibilities are going to be endless for monthly family outings or couple dates. The important thing is that you just get creative and let all family members have a say in what you're doing. And when you do it, the point is it's supposed to be fun, but you got to get it on the calendar. The next idea is something that we actually did for the very first time this year is we created a family mission statement. Now, does your family, do you have goals or do does your family collectively feel like they're part of something bigger in life. And, and I will tell you, this is a really excellent opportunity to make sure that they're connected not only to you, but to your larger family unit. And, and having this, this mission statement can give members a sense of meaning and even identity. And especially for our kids, it can help them feel like they are unique and connected to something bigger than this. Listen, busy friend, those of us that work, we, likely you work with a company or an organization that has a mission statement. It's the reason that you get up in the morning and you go do what you do. I mean, aside from the paycheck, which obviously is, is necessary, but this gives a greater sense of purpose. Well, why aren't we instilling that in our family? And, and listen, if ever there has been a time where we as a nation, as individuals have ever faced a, a massive identity crisis, it's right now. So let's fix it in our home, right? So, so taking the time to focus on creating your family where we, the goal is for people to be connected and moving together in the same direction, it can really change your home environment. And there's a reason why our businesses, why companies create a mission, right? It can take you to places of growth that perhaps were only imaginable. And, and listen, You've probably read the book, Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? Well, did you know that there's a family version of that? And, and Stephen Covey, he speaks to the value of creating that family mission statement and having a family culture very, very early on in your family's existence. Now, listen, whether you are, are a brand new family starting off, maybe you're still single, waiting to mingle, and you're like thinking about the family you want to cultivate and create one day. 
Or maybe you're like, you're like us and you're like, hey, we've had a family for a while. This can still be something new that you do. It doesn't matter if things are good now, but he shares that what you can do to make them even better. See, without this vision, we know in scripture, it says men will perish for lack of wisdom, for lack of vision. Like, so without this vision, as Stephen Covey says, kids can be just swept along with the flow of society's values and trends. And it's completely, it's just simply living out the scripts that have been given to you. You're just like acting out the worst movie ever. And in fact, that's not really living at all. It's being lived out. It's time to go back to actually living. So instead of letting the world, letting culture tell your kids, tell your spouse, your relationships, this is what should be the norm. No, friend, like if you follow me on social, you know, I've become incredibly countercultural. Time to go against the grain. It's time for you to establish that for you and your family. As for me and my house, this is time for you to stand in the gap. So here's here's a couple elements to help you come up and, and maybe think about your own family mission statement. Number one, identify what your family's purpose is or what you want to accomplish together as a family. Maybe list your values and desired characteristics. Who are the type of human beings that you aspire to become? Maybe list action steps on how you'll achieve that mission statement, right? We, we talk about this, especially in health and wellness. Whatever you measure, you can track. Whatever you track, you can improve upon. So these action steps are just ways on how you know, are, am I moving? Are we as a family unit moving forward in a positive direction? And then here's the fun part. Put it up somewhere for everyone to see every day. Ours, we we have a cute little pegboard. It says choose happiness. And we have pictures on there. We have gratitudes that we wrote at the beginning of the year. And we have our family mission statement right there. Every day we see it. Now, whether we pay attention or not is different, but it's visible. And then make family decisions that determine your priorities based on that family mission statement. So busy friend, I want to encourage you, start today. Like sit down with your kids, sit down with your spouse, create a new vision of where you want your family to go and how you're going to get there, which will lead into the next tip. Build teamwork among family members. If you grew up as an athlete or were part of a team sport, I don't need to tell you the importance and the, and the lessons, the valuable lessons that we learn from being a part of a team. Teamwork is a very necessary element for truly harmonious works especially in your home. You know, Bible says a house divided among itself cannot stand. So teamwork is essential. There's unity, there's harmony there. And so if this is ignored, unfortunately, you're going to sadly create an environment that's filled with nothing but tension and possibly even competition. And a big area where teamwork is needed is in housework. (laughs) I hate to say it, but, you know, delegate. Delegate some things. What's strange is that it's so often an area people forget to discuss or believe it'll work itself out naturally, but this is never actually the case. And I can promise you after a few times of walking into the kitchen, maybe seeing a full sink of dishes or laundry spilling out of the basket onto the floor, the tension will become like it will get to the point where it's going to boil over and conflict will happen. You've probably had arguments with people in your house about clothes or toys or just messes everywhere, right? So avoid the mistake of not discussing chores and then have that mindset of like, let's divide and conquer in the areas needed. And and what you can do is have each family member own 
one or two things, or maybe even create like a rotating calendar and then just divide and conquer it. There's, listen, create some ownership, right? Whether it's taking out the trash, doing the laundry, the, the weather's getting nicer. So, you know, the grass is going to start growing. It's not going to mow itself. Grocery shopping, helping to meal plan. Um, I, I know I take care of all finances for our family because if that was up to big cram, things would never get paid or our money would all be spent on other things and where it should. So, but, but delegate who's responsible for paying the bills, but still have that discussion, right? Do the dishes. In our house, every night, Emma and Brody trade off. They, they don't like touching the dirty dishes, but they can always put them away. They can put away clean ones. So every other day, they put away the clean, the clean dishes from the dishwasher. I then will load it up. I, I'm fine with that. But that's their responsibility, cleaning the bathrooms. Maybe you've got um, children who are old enough, perfectly willing, capable, and able to clean their own bathroom. But I, we had to have a conversation in our house because our children's bathroom is disgusting. Like it looks like I just walked into a frat house and I, I got sick of cleaning it. So children, you are responsible for cleaning your own bathroom, dusting the house. It's easy. Even the tiniest of childs can dust a house. Give them a Swiffer, just have them walk around. Um, taking care of the room, changing their sheets, mopping the floors, like the list can go on and on, but, but this is at least a good start. Be mindful, however, who's strong and who's weak in certain areas, right? Or who likes or dislikes certain areas. Listen, the reason why I tackle our finances isn't just because I'm a spreadsheet nerd and I, I love crunching numbers, like I'm really good with managing that. It's because Jeremy doesn't like talking about finances, much less managing it. He doesn't like it. He, he doesn't. He doesn't want to manage it. I, however, like I, I'm not perfect, but I've learned to steward our finance as well. So it would it would help to to eliminate tension and conflict by me just doing it. Right. Emma loves things to be neat and tidy, typically any area outside of her room. Her room's a different story. So she is one. If I ask her to help organize, that's her jam. She'll do it. Brody, he can vacuum all day long. Right. So, so figure out where everyone's strengths and weaknesses are. And then once you come to a mutual agreement on that, on that chore ownership, then the work can start. And, and what you'll find the house will shift into that teamwork mode when one or two people will no longer be carrying the most significant load. So conflict around chores will be eliminated. The next topic is hands down the most important. It's something that Jeremy and I have to work on constantly. It's something we're trying to instill in our kids. And if I can be honest, in part, because this was not necessarily modeled well when I was a child um, in, in our home. And, and if I can just be transparent with you, it is the one area that if there's one prayer that I will pray fervently to the point of bringing me to tears, it's praying that my family, not just the family here in my house, but my extended family practices daily forgiveness. See, creating that home environment where feedback can be given and then received can be a really, really delicate balance. And to maintain any form of healthy communication at home, you have to, you have to make sure that grudges aren't held between family members. And there has to be a constant working towards forgiveness to restore that, that aspect of harmony into balance after conflict comes up. Um, I know growing up and, and even still to this day, I mean, there's family members, they don't talk to each other. They haven't spoken to each other in 
12, 15 years and you've got to like walk on eggshells among each other. And, and man, let me tell you, if there was one rule that Jeremy and I both like were in agreement on in our house, it's like, that's, listen, our kids aren't going to pick that up. They're not learning that. And, and so you've got to figure out what that means for you in your house. But what I can tell you is that when conflict does arise during whether it's feedback given or received or a, an event or a situation, um, there's different tools that you can use for conflict resolution that can be really, really beneficial. And having that dialogue, it'll just help make sure that you're communicating when it comes to like mirroring, right? Like, here's what I see and here's what I feel. Maybe validating, um, you know, I, I here's what I'm hearing you and I understand, right? I, I can, and which leads to empathy, right? You may not be able to like relate to what they're going through, but I think we all have an empathetic heart to where I, I feel for you. I can, I can understand that. So understanding and forgiveness are commonly achieved for both whoever's sending it out and whoever's receiving it whenever, whenever using mirroring validation and empathy, right? These are three steps that'll slow down the conversation to actually be able to hear each other out. And like fully have understanding. Why is this important? Listen, this has nothing to do with pride or ego. Forgiveness is a gift. And, and it's actually more of a gift to you more than it is the other person. The problem is that we, we have a hard time forgiving the other person because, well, they hurt me or they did me wrong. But the truth is like forgiveness is done for your soul. It's more for you to let go of carrying that weight than it is for them because you can't change them, Right. Forgiveness can also impact your physical and your emotional health. We talk about this all the time in our virtual fit crew. So, so what are some tools to help achieve that? Number one, take ownership of your part in the conflict and freaking apologize. Like, I don't know what happened. And, and listen, the Lord has definitely stripped off a whole lot of pride and ego and selfish ambition and dare I say even narcissism from, from my soul these past couple years because you know, saying sorry would be okay, but then I wasn't willing to change my habits. Listen, I don't understand why it's so hard for some of us to just own up, own up to it and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I love you. It's not difficult. The problem is that our pride and ego tends to be a little bit too loud and it needs to step aside. But but expressing how you feel maybe one time only and then letting it go and move on. The problem and and I will say this, Jeremy says this all the time, stop keeping a Rolodex of wrongs. If you were going to say, I'm sorry, if we're going to take ownership, then don't break it back out and use it again against that person again. Like let it freaking go and move on. Maybe another tool, if you are someone that you're, you struggle with maybe confrontation or speaking it out, maybe write your feelings down about that experience in a journal. So at least you've gotten it out of your head. What I will tell you is at least be mindful that each person moves toward forgiveness in their own time. And when you work towards and creating a house, a home that is full of forgiveness, that feeling of safety and security will then begin to develop so you can more easily communicate with one another. See, all this comes down to communication, which leads to trust. And trust, as we know, is something that's built over time and in the knowledge that everything's going to be okay, regardless of any mistakes that are made. That's grace, right? So respect and forgiveness will remain and grow if we are mindful about incorporating them within our homes. So listen, I will tell you, if you are someone who struggles with forgiveness, what you're going to find is that 
it ends up hurting you more in the long run. Lack of forgiveness is going to lead to bitterness, resentment, and anger. And what's going to happen pretty soon, your home atmosphere is going to be miserable and filled with tension and filled with conflict and and striving towards creating harmony and peace. It's only going to come when you allow for each other's faults and to more just easily forgive anyone who upsets you. Listen, life is too damn short. You got to pick and choose your battles, right? This isn't validating, you know, because I do empathize and I understand, you know, yeah, but Steph, I've been hurt really, really bad. Are you going to allow that person who hurt you to rent free space in your mind? Like at some point, you got to take your power back and say, I forgive you because I need to release myself from carrying the bondage of that and allow myself to heal. You can't control other people, but you can control how you respond to that situation, which then leads to this last tip. Focus on the little things too. Don't just, don't just focus on the big things. Listen, merely going through the day in your home, focusing on the little things, kindness, thoughtfulness, gratitude, like it can shift everyone's environment. And and you might even want to think about regularly expressing your kindness through moments of appreciation. Like um, there's a term positive flooding, right? And in doing this, like it's, it's used to basically share what we specifically adore about our loved ones in great detail and said with a lot of praise. I I talked about this in a previous episode where there were times where big cram, my husband and I were just like, we were butting heads and there was a lot of life stuff going on too, that created a lot of tension, but it was easier. It was easier for me to find his flaws. It was easier for me to be unkind because I was just, that's just the tension. That was the environment that we were in. So I had to retrain my brain to find things about him to find things to say that were purposefully kind because you know what you focus on expands right if all that you're focusing on is all of the big ugly hairy scary negative stuff well then that's all that you're going to seek out but if you focus on the little like the seemingly insignificant things number one it's easier to manage in the busy cracks of our day right it's like our brain can compartmentalize that but then you're going to find that that'll build up and you'll find more of those things. So actively working on creating a home where encouragement is regularly expressed and negativity is removed, it benefits everybody. Another way to look at it is like glass half full versus glass half empty concept, right? Like focus on what's positive. And and listen, there are homes where these principles are consistently practiced. Our home is one of them. And Listen, I I can blame it to the fact Big Cram and I grew up in the cheer world. Like we were both cheerleaders. So positivity, it's kind of part of our DNA. But but there's significant differences in our home now when it comes to peace and joy and harmony. Where these principles, like compared to in homes where these principles are missing. And I'm not judging about that. Our home was one of those homes before. But we had to make a shift, right? We had to decide to do something different. Listen. Bottom line, not all of these are going to come naturally for everyone. So you'll need to be intentional about being kind, thoughtful, and spreading positivity to create the home you want. Enjoy your journey as you strengthen and create a harmonious home that's full of peace, love, nurture, and joy for your family and for generations to come. So here's what I want to encourage you with, busy friend. Share a tip that you use to stay connected, comfortable, and productive at home. And then 
Let's come up with a collective list and let's help each other come up with new ideas and maybe pick a new tip to try and implement in your home this week.